Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Good morning, everyone. I am really, really glad to be back, having spent uh, time up in the mountains with the guys. It was a great time, and uh, it was raining up there on Thursday. It was pretty exciting, you know. You get up there, and it's it's uh, August in uh, Oregon, and I was told when I moved here, I moved here from Montana, just so you know, not California, although I was born in California, so if you want to hate on me, that's fine. Uh, you know, I moved here from Montana, and I was told that uh, there are four weeks in Oregon that is guaranteed sun, the last two weeks in July and the first two weeks in August. And so we always plan our men's men's retreat for that first week in August, and well, this year somebody lied. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was cold and rainy and uh, uh, pretty exciting, as a matter of fact. One of the guys that went up there forgot his sleeping bags. And so, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was really exciting for him. And uh, so, uh, thankfully, somebody brought an extra sleeping bag, and then my wife, bless her heart, got the news, and she sent a sleeping bag up with Blake, and we survived. So, uh, I want to begin by saying that I uh, really appreciate the guys that came up. Great time of encouragement, great lessons. And uh, with that, I want to have you set next Sunday aside, because I've asked Brad... Uh, McKinney to preach his message from G4 Summit here. And uh, if, you were, if you were there, it was a phenomenal message. I mean, it was amazing. Wasn't it, Blake? It was like, wow, out of this world. Ken, wasn't it awesome? I mean, it was, it was tremendous. And uh, it's just a message that the church needs to hear right now. And so I pray that uh, we'll be here, all of us, the McKinneys will be here, and uh, uh, Brad's going to bring the lesson. I didn't realize that, the, but Brad um, is an accomplished public speaker. He uh, has gone through Toastmasters for years. And uh, so he's, he's quite accomplished. I don't know what Toastmasters is. It's, it's really phenomenal. And uh, so anyway, I'm very excited to have Brad coming next week. And so uh, I didn't turn myself on here. So... Uh, Excited for Brad to uh, be online here in the flesh, eyeball to eyeball. So it'll be great. Thanks, Scott. Saving my bacon once again. One technology debacle after another. You're always here. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> we will. So, yeah, you know, Jesus never had to worry about this stuff, you know. Lucky dog. All right. Hey, you know what? Next week, also too, for those of you who are interested in the Public uh, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar, we're going to have a meeting next week right after the morning assembly. Hopefully you can make it, so make plans. You know, many of us uh, desired to and got prepared for the ice cream social in May. Well, COVID-19 showed up and that was uh, canceled. Too bad. But because the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar is a walkthrough experience, uh, it's, there's no problem with that. We might need to be masked up a little bit, but, 
no problem with that. So if you'll be here next week uh, for Brad McKinney, and then afterwards we're going to have a Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar meeting. And remember, that goes to help the young people in the former Soviet Republic of Belarus. And I do ask, though you may not have any understanding or knowledge of Belarus, I do ask that you pray for the brethren there. It's very difficult times in Belarus right now. Uh, very difficult times. And so please uh, pray for them for their safety and also too for their ability to be the light in a very challenging time. It's kind of challenging like the challenging time here. So please uh, pray for them. They're good, they're good folks. Uh, Monday Night Fellowship is at the Compton's house, 5.45 tomorrow night for dinner. Study at 6.30. And also, too, Sunday Evening Assembly is going to be out here tonight. And the next two weeks, we're going to do some strategic planning together. And so hopefully you can make it. If you can't, we still love you. But if you can, that would be awesome. And then we'll get right back into our pit preachers, preachers in training, the last weekend in uh, August and the first weekend of September. And so I'm excited about the first week in September, Labor Day. Uh, our own Ryan Compton is going to be preaching because uh, he gets Labor Day off. Woohoo! It means he can stay up late on Sunday night instead of getting up at midnight the, you know, the next day. So anyway, we're, we're looking forward to that. Also, too, got some notes of encouragement here. And uh, Miss Emma, if you could help me out. Ah, Kirk Parks. Thank you for always showing up. You're a constant for all those around you. The body of Christ is much stronger with you in it. And I would say amen to that one. My favorite, Mr. Steady. All right. Uh, Mrs. Parks, you are such a sweet person. You have such a sweet smile. Thanks for doing all the nice things that you do. Like, I'm adding to this, like doing all the paperwork and finances for the church that Bill hates. There you go. So that's awesome. Thank you, Melissa. I know you love doing those. You love counting beans. That's driving me nuts. So, John and Pat West, your presence is really encouraging. I'm grateful to serve with you in the body of Christ at Pleasant Hill. There you go. Thank you very much. Ben and Holly and Evan, so glad you are here. Woohoo! Praying for a smooth transition into Oregon. Smoother transition. <laughs> we are thankful you're here and hope things get worked out there. It's great to have you though. It's exciting. Uh, Tamara D, I love your hugs and smiles. You are so sweet. And I would agree. And I know who wrote that. There you go. So good. Hey, if you want to be encouraged, the best way to be encouraged is to encourage someone because then they just love and appreciate you back. It's kind of cool. He who waters others waters himself. And so I love that scripture. So encourage, encourage, encourage. Now with that, are there any other announcements I might have missed? Okay, let's go. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles, and we are starting in the book of Psalms 16 and verse 11. I'm sure many of you are shocked at that. So 16 and verse 11 is what we're going to start with. And uh, believe it or not, at some point in time, we'll transition to Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, but it's pretty much the same. Acts, or excuse me, Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11. Great passage of scripture, a prophecy about Jesus Christ, but I believe also a prophecy about the church. 
You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. You know, brethren, we've been talking about in your presence, and now we're talking about in your right hand. And there are pleasures forever. And as last week, I left you hanging, kind of. That's all a good mystery book, a, a good series will always leave you hanging at the end, craving more. And uh, as you recall, I said, what are those pleasures? And how do you get them? I think that's really a great question. And I don't think God minds us asking that question. God wants us to know what his pleasures are. And God wants us to know how we can enjoy the amazing pleasures. This morning I was reading in the New Testament and, uh, uh, and I didn't think there were too many words pleasure in the New Testament except for the bad pleasures. Believe it or not, there are some really awesome scriptures about the pleasures of God in the context of his family. So I'm excited as I continue to study those things, to share those. But we must step back one more Sunday you're saying, oh, you set us up. No, we must step back one more Sunday and do a little bit better tooling on what is the right hand of God? I was describing to somebody the other day what the, the right hand of God was, and they said, that's not God's right hand, it's his left hand. I went, whoops, okay, God's right hand. So we need to know, and that's no lie. I think they're in the audience here. Who was it? Who was it? Come on, fess up. All right, thank you for saving me. I did it to myself. So anyway, the, we need to understand what is the right hand of God. Hey, I want to get into it. I want to get on it. I want to be with it. What is the right hand of God? So that's what we're working on this morning. And then promise next week, we will start working on the pleasures forever and how to get them. Week after next, after Brad. Thank you. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> Brad's listening. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, okay, week after next. Here we go. We're going to look at a couple more scriptures before we start. And Psalms 98 is a super amazing passage of scripture about the right hand of God. Psalms 98, beginning there in verse 1, I want to read the whole psalm. It's a whole whopping nine verses long, so it's pretty short. And there are four powerful things we can learn from this passage of scripture about the right hand of God. So let's read. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. And all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Bring forth, with, sing, uh, bring forth and sing for the joy and songs of praise. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the, the sound of melody, with the trumpets and the sounds of horns. Shout joyfully before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar in all its contents, the world and those who dwell in it. Like the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and peoples with equity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time that we could spend learning and growing in your word. 
And Father, we are so deeply thankful for your right hand, for we know that you state over and over and over again in, in dozens, almost a hundred places, that in your right hand there is great power and there is great pleasure. There is salvation and the beauty and our artistry and majesty of your creation. And in your right hand there is such wonderful sustenance and, and support and, and uh, uh, giving and sharing and caring of yourself through your people. And Father, someday those who continue to faithfully put their hope in you and serve you will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, on Judgment Day. And each one of us will receive what we justly deserve. And so, Father, we can be excited about the life that we have now and the life that we live now and the investments that we make in serving others as your son Jesus Christ serves and has served us. So we ask, teach us this day we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus is God the Father's right-hand man. God wants something done. Jesus is the one who did it and does it. You know what? We've all had those people in our lives. I wrote down that I so love and appreciate my wife who loves me and honors me every single day. And I like to say she's my right-hand man, but I'm going to say she's my right-hand woman. I couldn't do what I do without her. And if I tried to do what I do without her, it wouldn't get done very well. And some of you know Sharon well enough to go, Amen. There you go. Thank you very much. I knew that was coming. And so behind every great guy, there's an awesome woman, and I'm thankful for that. Well, God the Father, his right hand, his strong arm is Jesus Christ. Go back and look at that Psalms 98 in verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The victory over the devil, the victory over wickedness and evil, God the Father has overcome through Jesus Christ, his right hand. And so this morning, I want to look at four things. I mean, you can see them on your lesson plans. Hopefully you have a lesson plan. If you don't have one, raise your hand. And I'm sure someone would love to go get one for you. There you go. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate that. So you can follow along. You see, we need to recognize and understand by Jesus Christ, the Lord's right hand, God created the earth and all that's in it and the universe and all that's in it. Such beautiful majesty and, and artistry and each individual human being is the creation of Jesus Christ, unique and distinct, empowered by him to serve him all the days of your life and be blessed richly in this life and in the life to come. Number two, through Christ, the Lord's right hand, God provided for the salvation of all the peoples. Look at this verse two here. It says, the Lord is, has made known his salvation. And I believe he's made known his salvation through the gospel to all the earth. In fact, during the time of the apostles, the apostle or the gospel had gone worldwide. And so the, the gospel continues to go worldwide. And uh, I praise God for that. And that's where the power of God unto salvation is found. And the righteousness of God is revealed to man in the gospel. And so Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he has done, 
is found in the gospel. That's the second part of being in his right hand, the right hand who is Jesus Christ, being in Christ. Number three, through Jesus, the Lord's right hand, our heavenly father sustains us. You know, God does not withhold any good thing from his people. He'll even allow struggle and challenge and difficulty in your life because he loves you enough to, to cause you to grow. You know, when, when you're on autopilot, you're not growing. And so if everything's going just hunky-dory, and you know what? You're just on autopilot, and you're not growing. But when, when trials come, you have to make a choice, don't you? And praise God in the trials. He's a loving father. He disciplines us as our earthly fathers did. And he allows us then to grow. Would you please embrace even the things that we would normally think are awful and terrible? Embrace them as God's gift to help you to grow. It's a whole different mindset, but it's a mindset of faith. So it's important for us to recognize God through Jesus Christ is the great sustainer of our souls and our lives. And finally, number four. And you're number four. We should get excited about the judgment day. A lot of people are going, oh, judgment day is horrible. It's the great and terrible day of the Lord. If you're a Christian and you're faithful, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best day of your life that will last for eternity. But if you're not faithful or if you're not in Christ, well, yeah, it's an awful, terrible day. And remember that book when you're a kid? It's just an awful, terrible, awful day. I can't remember the title of that book, but what a terrible book. What a bad mindset. You know, life's miserable. Well, for people outside of Christ, that's exactly what it's going to be forever and eternity. No pleasures forever. But for us who are faithful, pleasures now and pleasures forever. Four things that we're going to look at. You're saying, we're already run out of time. No, we didn't. You can look at the clock if you want. We've still got plenty of time. And these are very brief points. You've got to go mine them for the gold, but there's a lot of gold here. Take a look at the first one, point number one. God created the universe with his right hand. Well, who created the universe? God. How did he create the universe? By the power of his son, the creativeness of God manifest in the creation by Jesus Christ. And so in Isaiah chapter 48, take a look at Isaiah 48, and uh, let's look at verse 12 and 13. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 12 and 13. Great passage of scripture about the right hand of God. Thus says the Lord, I should probably get into uh, chapter 48, that would help quite a bit. You have, you have not heard, you have not known even from long ago, your ear has not been opened because I knew that you would deal very treacherously. Am I in the right one? Yeah, I'm in, I gotta get in verse 12, thank you. Listen to me, O Jacob, even Israel whom I called. I am he, I am the first, I am the last. Surely my hand founded the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I called to them, they stand together. Now I love the passage of scripture here. We were just up in the Cascades, and once the clouds broke, the evening after it was raining, man, the stars, you never have seen stars. And then I'll, I'll give you a hint, next time you're up out of the, where the light pollution is, bring a pair of binoculars. You know, the, you know where the God says the stars are without number as the sands are on the seashore? You're going, oh, it doesn't look like that to me. Get a pair of binoculars and then look up in the sky. 
and all of a sudden it's just thousands in your binoculars literally and then you just think of the whole cosmos and the ones you can't see and the ones you can see and then go right down right down the ground when i'm up there i was taking some pictures of flowers so you got the cosmos that's amazing and then you have these flowers that are like wow out of this world awesome i have a picture of a trillium a purple trillium but it's not a trillium it's a quadruplum i don't know what you would call it it's got four little leaves rather than three and it's got one it's got his hands going and it's like wow this flower is excited i don't know you look at the picture and that flower's got like god's personality in it life is good because I'm created in Christ Jesus. You know what? If you're whining because life isn't good, you're not looking around at God's creation. Go with me to the book of Colossians and chapter 1. Book of Colossians and chapter 1. You know, all the ugliness in the world is because men have perverted and messed up the beauty of what God made. And so what we need to do is appreciate the amazing creation of God. Begin here with me, if you wouldn't mind, in Colossians in chapter 1, verse 13. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I'll tell you what, by the strong arm of God, what a beautiful, beautiful picture of salvation. But notice, look at verse 15 and 16. He's the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Everything you see and the things you don't see, God created, and he created those for us. God's creation was for us. Everything in the physical universe is for us. And we need a glory in that. You know, you can find great pleasure every day, God's pleasures every day, if you look to his creation and the beauty of his creation. You can. What if you husbands thought for just a moment, I'm just picking on husbands today because I am one, what if you husbands for a moment thought about your wives and all the amazing blessings they brought into your life? Knowing that God created her unique and, you, and, you, and distinct for a knucklehead. Okay, you're the knucklehead. Okay, man, how great is that? Well, unfortunately, what do we oftentimes do? Man, just... I want a dinner at 6 o'clock and it's at 6.15 and I'm hungry. Quit you whining. <laughs> you know, you need to recognize and understand there's beauty in everything. You know what? There's beauty in our kids too. It's amazing. How many of you are parents of more than one child? You only need one to get this one figured out. But if you got more, you get to figure it out a lot more. <laughs> How many know that your kids are different, man? They come from the same mom and dad, and if mom and dads are doing a good job, they're disciplined in the same way. Man, they're different night and day. You know, we got Andrew, the Mr. Artist. We have Ryan, the Rambo. And we have cool hand Luke, 
but his name is Jake. And so they're all different. How's that work? They're all uniquely and distinctly designed by God. Now, if I were to put apostles' names to each of those, I think Andrew's a pretty good name for Andrew, but I think Peter comes up next, right? Or Ryan, Peter. Man, I'm have you ever heard have you ever heard Ryan preach? Man, I've seen people cry when they're supposed to cry when a preacher's preaching. And I've seen people laugh when people are supposed to laugh when the preacher's preaching. Now, sometimes when I'm making a joke, people cry. And when I try to get, you know, serious, people laugh. It's not so good. But this guy, man, and he's ready to jump right in. And, you know, sometimes you need guys to jump right in and just start going after it. You know, some people overthink things and they never jump right in. Man, I'm thankful for Rambo. I mean, Ryan. Okay. But then Cool Hand Luke kind of settles them all, you know, kind of brings them all together. And man, you got to be thankful for that. That is God's creation. And we aren't thankful enough. But then you get out into the woods. And this guy over here taught me, when you're out in the woods, enjoy the beauty of God's creation. No matter what you're doing, aimlessly wandering in the woods with a gun. That's what my hunting definition is. So just enjoy the trip. But what's more important than that? Point number two. This world is not my home and it's not your home either. Look at point number two. God secured our salvation through the man Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Look at Psalms in chapter 20. Going back to the book of Psalms chapter 20. In this passage of scripture, a great statement. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. By the way... If your name is Christian because you are one, that means anointed one of God. As a Christian, you're an anointed one of God, anointed with the Holy Spirit, amen? This verse is not just for Jesus, it's for us as well. I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy uh, heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some boast in chariots and some in horses, but we... Christians, anointed ones, will boast in the name of the Lord our God. Remember, Jesus said to proclaim salvation in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Remember? And remember, Peter steps up on the day of Pentecost and says, Repent and let each of you be immersed in the name of Jesus Christ. Immersed in the name of Jesus Christ, the name of our God for salvation. Amen? That's exactly what he said. In the name of our God there is salvation. And you and I do not deserve it. But he was willing to bear it all, thankfully. If you can't find pleasure in the truth as you walk faithfully for him, that your soul is secure, you're not going to find pleasure in anything in this world because everything in this world is going to be tainted by that I'm not where I need to be. And if you're not there yet, please know I'm willing to step down uh, after assembly, and we'll spend time Bible studying. We need to come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Look at verse 8. They have bowed down, those who boast in chariots and horses. Verse 7, verse 8. They have bowed down and fallen, but we, the anointed ones, have risen and stood aright. Save, O Lord. May the king answer us in the day we call. There's power there. And as we saw a moment ago in Colossians, that he has redeemed us. He has redeemed us by his blood in Colossians 1, verse 13 and 14. Look at point number two. God sustains Christians through his right hand. 
You know, once you become a Christian, you're a little baby, right? Baby Christian, you know, wiggling and jiggling and all that stuff that babies do. And so God sustains you with every good thing. Turn with me to the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 41. And take a look at that passage of scripture, 8 through 10. Isaiah 41, 8 through 10. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend. Now, I'm not going to go any further. I'm going to stop here for just a minute. Could this be speaking of a Christian? The scripture teaches in the book of Romans in chapter 2, true Israel is the Christian man or woman. Go back and take a look at Romans chapter 2 right into the end. True Israel. The true Jew is the man or woman who has received Christ as Lord and is now in him. This is talking about a Christian. Notice it says here, but you Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen. Did God choose you through the gospel call? Yes or no? Go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. It's right there. Called and chosen through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, take a look. The next passage of Scripture talks about him sustaining us as his anointed ones. Verse 9, You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Now look at verse 10. Do not fear. Do not fear in times of COVID-19. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be anxiously look about you, for, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Who's the righteous right hand of God? Jesus. Through Jesus, we will be empowered. Now, look at that little word, uphold, there in verse 10. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I looked up that word uphold. Tomake is the Hebrew word. It means to sustain, to keep, or to hold fast. Help, maintain, follow closely. God is following you closely and leading you always. God will keep you and hold you fast if you will not wiggle free. Did you know you're the only one that can lose your soul? God's got a hold of you. You're the only one that say, no, I'm out of here. I don't need you. I don't want you. I'm gone. Gone, gone, gone. Take your spirit and get packing. You know, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ except for, look at the list in Romans chapter 8. There's one thing missing in that list, and that's you. The scripture clearly teaches you can choose to walk away and say, I don't want you, I don't need you, I'm done, and then you live on your own. But you'll die on your own, and you'll spend eternity away from Christ. You don't want to do that. Everything that we need for life and godliness is found in the true knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everything. You want to have a blessed life? You want to have a blessed life, like overflowing with blessings? There is, as I've said before, I'll say it again. I hope you'll memorize it. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25. He who waters others waters himself. 
You don't need to worry about watering yourself. All you need to do is watering other people. What does it mean to water other people? Invest in them the, the loving, compassionate spirit of Christ. Water. Jesus gave and gave and gave and gave and gave, didn't he? When did he take? You know, Jesus did take one time. Thief. He took your sins in his body on the cross. And he gave you his perfect life. He gave me his perfect life. We don't deserve it. What great salvation. But you know what? In that life, the provision for everything that you need for life and godliness is granted to you through him, his divine presence and his word. Why would you want to walk away from that? Why would you not want to know about the pleasures forever? That's what we're going to work on next week. We're going to begin. We're going to look at one of the pleasures. And how do I get that? And we're going to look at, an, not next week, Brad, sorry, the week following. We're going to look at one of those pleasures. And then we're going to say, how do we get that? And then we're going to go the following week after that week, which is not next week, but the week after. And then we're going to do another pleasure and forever. And then we're going to talk about how to get that one. I mean, you don't want to miss this. If your life isn't pleasurable and you're in Christ, maybe that you're looking in the wrong place. Now, there's no maybe about that. My prayer is that we would grow in the great joy and the gladness and the pleasure that's found in Christ Jesus. And that's what we're going to work on, not next week, but the week following. So last point, point number four. And honestly, I get so excited about point number four. Uh, go back with me to the book of Psalms in 98. Let's go back there real quick. Psalms 98. Um, you know, and I've been stewing and brewing and all this stuff on these, these uh, passages of Scripture. I looked up all the passages of Scripture where it talks about the right hand of God, and there's a lot of them. And 98 just jumped out and said, preach me. So that's what I'm doing. And so uh, Psalms 98 uh, taking a look here in this passage, I want to take a look once again at verse 8 and uh, 9. So, Psalms 98, verse 8 and 9. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord. Is it possible that the church could be individually the mountains of God? Someone said maybe the scepter is Christians. Could it be that Christians might be the mountains of God? Go back and take a look at oftentimes in prophecy, mountains are speaking of very powerful people. Well, think about that for just a minute. The spirit of the living God fills you. You are filled with the spirit of God. The fullness of deity dwells in your body. Go back and take a look at the scriptures in John chapter 14 and verse 23. Jesus the Son and God the Father has made their abode in you through the Spirit. That sounds like the whole deal, doesn't it? The fullness of deity in bodily form. Colossians 3 says that. Colossians 1 speaks of Jesus being a deity in, in the body. And then in Colossians 3 it says we are the fullness of God in our bodies. Talk about power. Talk about mountains of strength. 
And what does the Bible say that we're supposed to be doing? Grumbling, moaning, and groaning, or singing with joy. Fullness of joy, I think, is what the psalmist said. How do you get that? You need to be in his presence. And there's so much more. The year's not done. We're just a little bit past halfway. And where this joy and this pleasure can come from, from his presence. But now let's look. Having introduced the concept of this is talking about Christians. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains uh, sing together for joy before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. It sounds like the mountains of God are supposed to be excited about judgment day. And if you're living the life faithfully, man, it's exciting. That's going to be the best day of your life. And if you understand the scriptures, eternity began when you were immersed, but you stepped on into the other side where your faith becomes sight. And that seventh day of rest is an eternal day with eternal pleasures. So I don't know about you, but Judgment Day is going to be an awesome day. And if you're living for that day, you're going to be serving the Lord with a heart overflowing with love for him, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you know what happens when you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you ready for this? When you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you get to love people. You're saying, oh. no, really, you get to love people. It's exciting. And God gives you lots of opportunities to love people. And remember, love is patient. God gives you a lot of opportunities to be patient. Isn't that exciting? You're saying, man, you're a nut job, preacher. <laughs> it's looking at these things through scriptural eyes that we can embrace challenges and difficulties because they cause us to grow and become mature Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you'll be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And you're saying, God, thank you for the trials. Am I perfect, perfect yet? Isn't that what you're thinking? Come on, keep joyful, because there's still a lesson to be learned. You're saying, I know you, Bill. You've been through some uglies, and you were ugly when you went through the uglies. Well, let's grow in faith so that we can manifest Christ in those uglies. And there's great joy in doing the right thing in the inner man, but it brings joy to other people as well. It really does. And then that joy comes back. I can't explain it. It's a spiritual truth. It's, it's kind of like, like gravity, you know? He who waters others waters himself. Wait a minute, I'm not giving nothing up. I'm getting everything I can get before I die. But you only get what you get and then you lose it all. But he who gives himself or herself in the service of the king will not only receive the blessings in this life, but the huge blessings in the life to come. So on judgment day, you know what you'll hear? Isn't it cool that God has allowed us to know what he's going to say to us on Judgment Day. And you get to choose. You get to choose today. Well, what do I, which do I want to hear today? Because could it be that today is the day? 
Could it be that today is the day? And you get to choose what you're going to hear. You can hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. And, and I was naked and you clothed me. And I was in prison and you visited me. And if you're that kind of person, you're so busy about loving people with the love of Jesus Christ, you don't even remember all the people that you loved on and helped. It's just because that's who you are as an anointed one of God, as a Christian. And when Jesus says, when he judges you on all your works, remember, he's forgiven all the knuckleheaded stuff, but he's not going to forget your works of service. He's going to have all this list. Man, look at all this stuff you did. Remember when you... No. Do you remember when you... Really? Hmm. He goes, you're rewarded for all of those. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for Judgment Day. I mean, I'm serious. I'm excited about Judgment Day. It's going to be the best day of a lot of our lives. And you get to choose it. But you know the other choice. You don't want the other choice. You want the pleasures forever now and into eternity as a Christian. Or is it the suffering and the frustration and the anger and the bitterness and the... Could you be a Christian and have that going on right now? Well, yeah, if you have the wrong focus. But you can have pleasures right now. And then pleasures forever. But if your life is bitter right now, if you're angry, if you're selfish, if you're jealously selfish, if you're going after what you want, if you're not giving to nobody because you're going to get all you have because he who dies with the most toys wins but still dies and the toys are taken away. You're going to hear, depart from me, cursed one, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. How do I know that? Turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 110. Psalms 1, 110. In Psalms 110, beginning in verse 1, we talked about this this last week, but just bringing it back to reminder, the Lord says to my Lord, God the Father says to God the Son, sit at my right hand until, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And then he goes on and he talks about the power of the church there in verses two and three. And then he goes back and he talks about, well, for those who choose to live it on their own and to live evil, they're going to have problems. Look at verse 5. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the nations. He'll fill them with corpses. That's an ugly thought. But let me say once again, brethren, are you listening? What you hear on Judgment Day is your choice right now. It is so pleasurable to serve the Lord. This last week, I... I had a really, really, really super long day, man, and I was just dragging. It's like I had lead in my feet, you know? And I got home, and I was looking at my schedule. I had one more Bible study, and I was thinking, man, I'm exhausted. That's a stupid thing to think. You get another Bible study, man. Guess what I did? Jumped in my car. I was thinking about them when I was driving over there, and I had that study. And it was absolutely amazing. I was exhausted, but I came out of that Bible study and I was not exhausted anymore. Wait a minute. You were exhausted and you did 
more emotional investment of self and you came out invigorated? I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. I almost called him up and said, I'm not feeling well. Liar. Well, I'm not a liar, so I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go there and I'm going to give it all my God because the Lord is able to do it, you know, because he's going to have to do it. Because how many of you know at about 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, my uh, brain turns off almost. And my wife's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I sometimes come home after that time. So she goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I try to be good, though. How does that work? God did that. Brethren, you want pleasures forever? Do you want pleasures forever? I do. It was so pleasurable to get in my car after that long study and go, thank you, Lord, for helping me with the energy and the attitude and the sharing that lesson. Thank you, Lord. If I would have gone, oh, I'm not feeling well. First of all, I would have been a liar. That's bad. Second of all, I would have sat home and gone, oh, I think I'll take a cat nap and then fall asleep and wake up the next morning feel like a dirtbag. I had a choice, right? Yes or no? We all have choices. We all have choices. On that last day, the most wonderful day, know that today he sustains you. Know there was a day in the past, if you're a Christian, he saved you and continues to give you the blessings of salvation. And don't forget to look at the beauty in the world, the stuff that man hasn't messed up yet. And it's all over the place. And you know what? You can even see the beauty in those people who aren't quite perfect yet. Man, there's a lot of beautiful people and I get to spend time with them now and in eternity. And so do you. Brethren, there's four great things that are at the right hand of God. Number one, the beauty and the majesty of his creation and how pleasant and pleasurable it can be if we look to that. Salvation from the mess that we were in, in the right hand. Being sustained with power and purpose in the right hand. And finally, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I will never let you go in the right hand of God. Brethren, your Bible says and my Bible says in Ephesians 2 and verse 6 that we have been raised up with him. And we have been seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus in the right hand of God. That's truth. Do not let the devil steal that truth from you. Will you come back and listen to Brad next week? It's an amazing lesson. Will you come back the following week and hear the first of many pleasures forever and how to get them? It's a choice. It's a choice. I hope you come back. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, I'm so thankful for the pleasures forever that I've been discovering in the scriptures. It's it's awesome. When you begin to look, the scriptures are alive with joy. The scriptures are alive with pleasures forever. And uh, uh, even this this morning, as uh, I uh, was talking with my sweet wife, just the the pleasure of being so blessed. Uh, Awesome. And uh, Father, for a son in Ryan, who is such an encourager and a builder in my life, and he's helped me so much in some of the things that I'm doing. And Father, in the beauty of your creation and the hope that we have in our souls because of salvation and the many blessings of sweet, sweet brethren to sustain us 
through the spirit of your son, Jesus Christ. And finally, the excitement of knowing that someday, someday we'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Father, help us not to forget these things. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and, and uh, answer the question, what did Jesus say to do? He said to? Go. Ooh. Let's try that one again. What did Jesus say to do? He said to? Go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right. Let's go be more than conquerors. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.